0: Hello and welcome to another installment of Chocolate Chat. I am Chocolate Yoda, spelled Y-O-D-D-A-H, because film studios are litigious. And today I have Dan Oliveira with me from Brazil. I'm talking to someone from Brazil. This is so cool. Uh, Please introduce yourself, Dan.
1: Wow, I'm thrilled. Um, Chocolate Yoda, I think you're the first person that pronounces my name correctly, Oliveira. That's, that's wonderful. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, my name is. It helps D- to be Dominican sometimes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's great. That's great. Um, well, my name is Dan. Um, what I do here in Brazil, I am I, an English teacher as a second language. So mm-hmm. I, I teach people how to communicate how to say their first words in English and expressions and all. Um, and um, I have this podcast where, you know, I talk about people, I talk to people from all over the world and that's how we met right uh, yeah yeah
0: yeah uh, on uh i think we belong to the same uh, group on facebook exactly uh, yes. so for podcasting mm. so um i'm curious uh as someone who teaches english is there like a standard uh sentence that you start with or a standard word that you start with or does it vary
1: oh it depends on the age group And it depends on Mm -hmm. um, the student. Uh, So for example, uh, some of them are very basic students, very basic learners. So we have to start small, Uh, but some of them are advanced and intermediate. So you can start with conversations and talking and stuff like that. Mm -hmm.
0: Gotcha, okay, okay. And how long have you been doing that?
1: I've been doing it for uh, 11 years now. So that's quite some time. Oh, very cool! Yeah, very yeah, cool. Very cool. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, well, English is my second language. Right. And uh, ironically, I don't have an accent. Right. And and you, the name of your podcast is what caught my attention. Right. It's okay to have an accent. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um. And and so I want to delve into that. Uh, but it is funny that for some reason, even though I, I came here when I was two, I spoke Spanish. You know, the Dominican version of Spanish. Right. Uh, exclusively until I was five years old and then somehow probably through television and school and all that stuff I started coming home and, and speaking English and my mother understood wow. English uh, but she would talk to me in Spanish and I would answer her in English mm. and that's how it's been uh, pretty much forever
1: could your mother yeah. understand you when you talk to her in English?
0: yes, she so understands she English, English perfectly she's fluent in English Uh, But when she spoke to me, she would speak in Spanish. But I would, for whatever reason, I don't know why. And I don't know why, you know, because very often immigrants insist that you speak Mm. your language at home. But Mm. for whatever reason, she didn't. And so that's just how it was for the longest time. But the strangest thing is that even though um, I am an immigrant and I grew up amongst Dominicans, and everyone in my family has an accent except me. Wow, this is so this is we can't interesting. figure out exactly how that
1: happened. Yeah, we can talk a little bit about that, but this is very very interesting. Um, because um, how many are you, or how many siblings do you have?
0: Uh, a, a, a brother, uh, a sister, and then I also grew up uh, with three cousins. So th- there was a bunch of us, and, six of us, and they
1: still people. live in America to this day. Yes, right. Yes. Right. And they still have their accent. Yes. <laughs> hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean... When- yeah, my
0: brother probably has the lightest one. Um, you know, he has that sort of New York Spanglish kind of right. accent. That's what we call it, the, the combination of Spanish and English. Right. He's got that Spanglish accent, very mild. Uh, my sister uh, had it a little bit more. Uh, my cousins uh, had very, th- still have very thick accents. Because, uh, they, you know, it's, they were older. So, you know, my, my brother's five years older than me. My sister was eight years older than me. My cousins are much older. So, like, you know, the people that were speaking Spanish the longest have the heaviest mm.
1: accent. It, it makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny you say that, um, Yoda. I call you Yoda, right? It's okay. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's funny you say that because um, I'm a firm believer... And please feel free to uh, disagree with me here. Um, but I'm a firm believer that everyone has an accent, even if they're native mm-hmm. English speakers or not. So, 100%. so for example, like uh, in the United States, people say, well, I'm America and I've I've been living here my whole life and I don't have an accent. How come you don't have an accent? There are hundreds yeah. of different accents in the United States. Like a person from yes. Texas, Texas, for example, will sound... A lot different mm-hmm. from a person from, I don't know, Alabama. Sure. And they have their yeah. accents. And
0: even within Texas. Exactly. They're, the, they're, the different regions yeah, of Texas absolutely. have different accents.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So um, it's funny when I hear people saying that. And, and most of the times, they're just unaware of that. But um, when I hear people saying that, oh, I don't have an accent. So you're mute if you don't have an accent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, actually, I, I know I have an accent because anytime I travel outside of New York everybody knows I'm from New York mm. as soon as I start talking
1: wow this is very yeah, interesting. like my
0: my whole life any and I've I've been to 25 of the 50 states Wow. every single time I've got the 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 farther I get away from New York City as soon as I start talking people say oh you're from New York
1: wow this is I have is-
0: and I don't have that I don't have that like uh, that stereotypical, you know, hey, I'm going down to and toid, you know, I don't have that kind of New York accent, that very thick New York accent, but it's definitely recognizable by anyone outside of New York as being a New York accent right,
1: right. Uh, yeah like i've I've seen and I've heard um about the the, the New York accent, but mostly movies and um mm-hmm. you know, shows because I've never been there. But let me ask you something like when we watch a movie um, Mm -hmm. in New York, for example, um, do people in New York sound exactly like they sound in the movies or like in real life? They sound maybe, you know, their accents are are thicker or something.
0: It depends on a couple of things. Mm. All right. A few things. Uh, Number one, it depends on what part of New York you're from. Because there's there's two main parts, right? There's New York State and there's New York City. Mm -hmm. New York City is where the Empire State Building is, the Statue of Liberty, the most famous city in the world, the most diverse city in the world, et cetera, et cetera, right? Even in New York City, and it's a small island. It's five miles wide and I believe 12 miles long, right? So it's not this huge island. But even within that small island, there are regional dialects. Right, right. And then when you start going in any direction from New York City, then you start hearing different, like, so uh, there's downstate New York, which is where New York City is, and then there's upstate New York. As you get farther north into Mm. upstate New York, the accent changes, the dialect changes, right? So it depends Uh, on the place. to, To a point where it's not recognizable, if you're a if you're someone who grew up in New York City where I grew up, the accent in upstate New York doesn't sound like a New York accent.
1: Mm. I see.
0: So it all depends. Now, so back to the film question. The other thing depends on is it is the actor a native New Yorker or, or did he study oh, New sure. York accents? Right, because a lot of actors, you know, they 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 do their best to. You know, bring a certain amount of genuine uh, flavor to a film, so they'll study. You know, they'll they'll study with a dialect coach to teach them how to sound like a mm-hmm. New Yorker. But as I'm trying to establish, there is no definitive New York sound. Right. There's just kind of degrees. You know, like I, you know, hey, I'm from Brooklyn. What's going on? How you doing? You know, oh, that kind perfectly. of stuff. Then, then, then there's you know. If you're from Brooklyn, are you Hispanic from Brooklyn? What kind of Hispanic? Are you Puerto Rican from Brooklyn? Are you Italian from Brooklyn? There are hundreds Is of variations, have different... right? Variations exactly, all over the place. Exactly. So, you know, I I'm impressed by actors. Like I'll give you a great example. Gary Oldman, one of the greatest actors in the world, right? He's a he's a, a British him. man. Exactly. Okay? Yeah. Love him. The the first time I saw him. Uh, in a let's see I'm trying to remember which one I saw first I think I saw Sid and Nancy first Mm. where he played Sid Vicious uh, a a real life person Mm. Um, and then he was in this film called State of Grace Mm. and I had never heard him speak as him I had only heard him in films and I couldn't tell whether he was from New York the West side of New York specifically, right? Or whether he was from Britain. And then finally I heard him speak in his own voice in an interview. And I went, oh my God, this guy's New York dialect was spectacular. You know who else did a great job? I um, could never Idris do that. Idris Elba. Who? Idris, Idris Elba oh. uh, was in The Wire. And that was the first time I had seen him. Mm. I had no idea he was British. It's and he yeah. was doing he was doing this sort of hybrid. It was supposed to be uh, based in Baltimore, but you know, but he was doing more of a New York kind of vibe. And I was shocked the first time I heard this man speak. So some actors do a really, really good job of getting very specific. What part of New York? Where did he grow up? You know, is, was it the east side, the west side? Was it a poor neighborhood? Was it a rich neighborhood? Exactly. You know, they really get into the exact dialect that they need for that character. And I wonder how it's Some done. Some people just do, like, uh, you can get Anthony Hopkins mm. in um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? And he did the whole, yeah, I'm from 33rd and Third Street. How you doing? That was him. He did that kind of thing. Right. That was, that was, that was, he's a British guy. So that was, that was his idea of a New York accent. But it's, you, you, you know, that was from like the forties and fifties, you know, nobody really sounds like that anymore, Uh but that's probably what they sounded like when he
1: was growing Mm -hmm. up. So
0: that's what that that was what was in his head as to how a
1: New Yorker said. Right. Yeah. Like you said, they have a, a dialect coach. Um, mm-hmm. But I wonder if they I don't know. I mean, if I were an actor like that, I would say, hey, you know, I need to spend a couple of days in New York or a couple of days in. Yeah. Wherever the film is, uh, is set. So I can you know, I, I think that's how would uh, my process would be. But yeah, that's yeah. that's very interesting. Um, do you pick up accents? Easily,
0: I think so. Um, I I've always been like a mimic. Mm. Like so, growing up, uh, I was a latchkey kid, which you know, my mother was working, so I would come home alone, and you know, the TV was basically my babysitter. Right, but you know, and so I I would. I would listen, and then later on, when I was telling someone about what I saw, I would wind up mimicking, mm. you know, whatever it was. Mm.
1: But do you think that's yeah. because English is your second language, or do you think it would be the same if it were Spanish? Uh, there's no
0: way of knowing that, but it's, it's I, I think it's just me. I think I'm. A, right. I've been a people watcher my whole life. Right. So, when I, you know, when I watch people, I listen to them, mm. and you know, and I just kind of have an ear, you know, I, I, I hear Russian accents. I hear German accents. Right. I hear, you know, Yiddish, uh, in America, in America, there's this offset of Hebrew called Yiddish. It's kind of, it's kind of, uh, slang,
1: mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Jewish slang mm-hmm. essentially.
0: And my step, my stepfather, uh, was Jewish. And, and, uh, when he spoke to his mother, uh, they didn't speak in Hebrew, they spoke in Yiddish.
1: I see, I see. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think you and I are kind of similar because for me, uh, the process is, um, if I'm talking to you, if I talk to you for like two, three hours, or maybe I talk to you like on a daily basis, I'm going to start sounding like you a little bit. And I, I do that. <laughs> right, and I, I do right. that unintentionally. I don't want to sound like you, but I do yeah. that without knowing, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think people do that by osmosis. It's just a thing I mean, wherever you, you know you, whoever you're
0: around. like when I, when I used to um I, I used to visit my my sibling because my, my mother and father uh divorced when I was very little, <clears throat> and we moved uh, away from Manhattan, but I was always coming back to visit, and i I could tell that within a few hours, I would start sounding different. Right. You know, this you know, I would, funny. you know, the and one thing that uh, Spanish speakers in New York do a lot is is a hybrid of Spanish and English. Like they'll start a sentence in English and finish it in <laughs> Spanish or vice versa. You know, and when I was hanging out with my relatives, I would I would also do that. Wow. Can you give an example? Um, uh, uh, the the, uh, the the food is bland. talasa. You know, and by the way, this is the first time anyone's heard me speak Spanish (laughs) on this podcast because I normally don't speak Spanish, Uh but it's that kind of thing where you, you, it's, it's, I think it happens to bilingual and multilingual people. Mm. They tend just to slip in and out of languages. Uh, They have sort of a primary language that they think and dream in. Right. Um, But then they have, like, I know someone who knows four languages Mm -hmm. and she, she sometimes twists words around because, you know, like uh, syntax is different in different languages. Right. So, you know, uh, you know, it's like that Yoda thing, you know, I, I would say uh, I am happy. Uh, Yoda from the films would say happy I am.
1: Right. (laughs) Right. So,
0: and, and very, you know, in different languages, syntax changes. So sometimes she'll start, Y- speaking in the, in English, but using the syntax of another mm-hmm. language. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting to, to hear sometimes.
1: Yeah, and, and and it sounds kind of different to the ear when you hear somebody say that, like, okay, there's something going mm-hmm. on in there, right? Yeah. It's funny you say that. Um, yeah, like, I have, like, a couple of mental notes that I took, but one of them is you said um, when you have... Um, when when you know multiple languages, and I was thinking... When you know multiple languages, you have multiple personalities. I don't know if you've noticed that, <laughs> but yeah, I am a, a completely different person in Portuguese um, than I mm. than in English. It's 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 real funny. I don't know I don't know how to explain that, but in English, I am just yeah. more talkative, and I think in Portuguese, mm. I am more. Mm, I, I prefer to listen. Yeah, you know, I, I'm more of a listener. Interesting. Um, and, yeah. and
0: I think that Portuguese—it's an interesting language. It is. I what what I love about—it's very about, difficult uh, too. And you and you actually sound more like you're from Spain. Mm. Your accent sounds more. Really, as, I've never heard that. Because very often people people from uh, either Portugal or Brazil, specifically, um, they have that very sing-songy way of speaking when they speak in in. Uh, I think it. I think it's just. Uh, portuguese sounds like uh. that but when they speak in english oh i'm going through this store. you want
1: to come with me you know that kind of true
0: that kind of inflection true. Is, true. is very true. interesting yeah.
1: y- you also sound a little bit italian there but but i think <laughs> yeah. but i think it's all it's yeah. all related i guess um yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it is very true and uh, very recently i've been through a surgical procedure and this is very interesting um and, you know, I, I was out for a couple of hours. And when I woke up after the surgery, the first thing I said was, uh, where am I? What's happening to me? Am, am I dead? But that was in English. It wasn't in my native language. Mm. And the people the people around me, the doctors, they didn't know English. The nurses, they didn't know English. So they couldn't talk to me. And it was, it was quite fun because, like, they were trying to talk to me to, to ask me if I was all right. But I was answering, I was like, I I understood what they were saying, but I replied in English. So that was, it was very fun. And English is not my first language at all.
0: Right, right. That's interesting. I wonder, I wonder if there's uh, maybe uh, something with regard to emotion um, and uh, like, You were you were probably confused. You were probably a little afraid. Exactly. And maybe that Mm. part of your brain is like associated with English. Oh, who knows? Who knows?
1: Right. Who knows? It's it's very interesting. Yeah. But um, let me ask you something, if you don't mind. Um, So so how long have you been living in the U.S. again? I mean, totally. Oh, is. man.
0: Um, I'm I'm almost 58, so it's 56 years.
1: 56. Well, no, yeah, I came over no, when I was two. No wonder why I don't have an accent, right? I mean, why I don't sound like a yeah, foreigner.
0: Yeah, but, it, but it's weird because I was raised around people who did. That's mm, the thing that's confusing. Right. You know, like if I, if I was raised around people that sounded like I sound now, it would make perfect sense, but, but, but I was But
1: I think you had like a lot of American friends or not.
0: Um, eventually, yeah, um, mm. you know, because my the first seven years of my life was basically I was surrounded by Hispanics, you know, Dominicans and Puerto mm. Ricans and Guatemalans and Mexicans, you know, all all different types. Um, and but I think um, more than likely, if I had to guess, it was television was a big influence, mm-hmm. you know, sure. and on television, especially, um, you know, just standard television shows and news broadcasts. They, they have a very neutral kind of dialect. Like it's American, but it's sort of not from anywhere. Right,
1: right. Yeah, like, yeah. like neutral, something like that.
0: Yes. Mm. Yeah, yes.
1: here in, in Brazil, we have something like that. Uh, um, people say that, and I, I don't agree with it very much, but people say that um, the accent from Rio de Janeiro, it's where I live, the, mm-hmm. the, the city, mm-hmm. is the um, official accent in Brazil. And it's funny because we have a lot of accents here in Brazil, and but mm. yeah, the, the the official Brazilian accent would be from from Rio. But let me ask you this, um, if you don't mind, um, have you ever sure. suffered any kind of prejudice uh, for being uh, from um, Hispanic family or? or something like that for being in well, the Yeah, I mean
0: in America in, Amer- <laughs> in America racism is the standard, right? right? Like that's that's just right. that's just baked into yeah. the, the founding of the country, the laws of the country. And I mean, literally I could talk about that aspect of it for 2 hours. <laughs> uh, but uh yes, the the short answer is yes. Um I I experienced a lot of racism especially when we moved from New York City. Well, there was New York City to Queens, which is essentially the same. And then when I was nine, we moved to Long Island. And, and Long Island, even though it's New York, right, it's like a separate world. I see. Right. And funny enough, Brooklyn and Queens and Long Island are all on the same island. But, uh, and they're all, New y- they're all in the state of New York, but Long Island is like a different world. And, New- and Long Island is two parts. is Nassau County and Suffolk County. And those two parts are very, very different. Mm -hmm. Right? So yeah, I experienced a whole lot of craziness, uh, you know, physical danger fights, all that other nonsense uh, as a result of having brown skin.
1: Wow. And uh, just having a brown skin, I mean, um, because you didn't have an accent, you didn't sound like a foreigner. Right. So they, they they didn't even know that, um, you're from a Hispanic family, right?
0: Right. Well, the, the beauty of racism is that it makes no sense at all. <laughs> There's no logic mm-hmm. to it. You know, if you, if you uh, judge a person's appearance, you're judging literally the most superficial aspect of that person. Mm. You know, and uh, if you look at the 150 billion people that have come and gone on planet Earth, the, uh, what separates them, in terms of appearance and bone structure and hair color and eye shape and all that other stuff, is one-tenth of one percent of DNA. All of the differences, visually, are one-tenth of one percent of DNA. Okay? So it's, it's a silly thing to get. But by the way, obviously people don't need to look different to hate each other. History is filled with so many examples right. of the same exact people right. hating each other for some other imagined reason. Yeah, so it's just a dumb thing. Like I had people say, uh, you know, they used to call me uh, uh, right, right, and when I was young. I thought there was a difference between blacks and Hispanics. Obviously, there isn't. That's it's literally where the boat dropped you off. That's the only mm. difference, you know. And as a as a matter of fact, Brazilians were Africans. They were just taken from Africa and and dropped in Brazil, yeah. right? So exactly right. I I had people call me here, and I'd be like, I'm I'm Hispanic, and they'd go, Oh, okay. <laughs> So it wasn't even like, like, it made no sense at all. You know, uh, you know, I I could laugh about it now.
1: Back then it was traumatizing, but
0: you know, it, it's, it's one of the dumbest things that people do Mm. is engage in racism.
1: Mm. And it's funny because like, um, in, in the USA, there is this culture that, um, that says that Latinos, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, um, but that Latinos are from. Uh, spanish-speaking countries right but like Mm -hmm. for example brazil Here in brazil we don't speak spanish but we are part of latin america and yeah in the united states some people consider brazilians to be latinos and some others don't and i I get a little bit confused uh, confused sometimes Mm -hmm. because i don't know like um, how and uh, they they refer to to me as if it's a Latino or if it's um or if it's a white dude or uh, a brown skinned person. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's it's very confusing.
0: Yeah. Um, th- to add to the confusion, um, when I was on dating sites, mm. uh, I would notice that some uh, Central and South American women describe themselves as Caucasian. Right. And I could tell by how they were writing (laughs) that they weren't white, but they were still describing themselves as Caucasian. So I think that that's one of those things. But also, one of the things that fascinates me um, is uh, when people discover that I'm Dominican and they say, you don't look Dominican. Mm. And I go, well... You got me uh, at a loss because I don't know what that is. I don't know what Dominican. (laughs) What what am I
1: supposed to look like, (laughs) right?
0: Because Dominicans, there literally is no Dominican look. That island was conquered by a lot of people. There was a lot of race mixing, like there is all over the world. Very similar to Brazil. There are there are Dominicans way darker than me. There are Dominicans lighter than you. Mm -hmm. There's no Dominican look. Like if in my family there's all sorts of shades of white to brown to dark brown just within my family. So, I mean, I, I have no idea what the Dominican look is. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think people... I don't know, uh, Yoda know, the idea of, that I get um, about Americans is that... I'm sorry if, uh, if I'm being offensive. It's not my intention, but... You won't offend me, but go ahead. <laughs> it's like the idea is that uh, Americans—they think they are um, like okay. I'm I'm gonna say it. they they think they are like the, the most important people out there. So so right. we're the the benchmark, pretty much. Right. So um, you have to sound yeah. like me. You have to look like me and. Yeah. I mean Yeah,
0: I, I'm gonna go to your country, but I want the food that I eat in my country, all that stupid yes. stuff. Yeah. And here's here's the the problem. The problem is that power corrupts, right? And when you are uh, when you live in a country and, and and because I'm an immigrant, I have a different perspective mm. on this and I can look at it from a from a different angle. Because I'm not one of those American number one, all that stuff. Best, I'm not, you know, best country in the world. Nobody could tell you why, though. You know, like the next time someone says to you America's number one, say in what? Ask them, in what? Please. Because most of the things that America is number one at are terrible categories. Like the most dangerous place in the world for a woman to have a baby is America. It's sad. That is a fact. It's heartbreaking. Okay. We are five percent of the world population, but we produce twenty-five percent of the garbage. You know, <laughs> I see. the the most drug uh, uh, use. You know, I mean, it goes down right. the line, right? I mean, um, hmm. but what we have is money and guns, right? We've got the biggest, most powerful military, and so when when you live in a country like that, and there's a there's a, a an an old uh, author and philosopher named George Bernard Shaw, long, long dead. But Mm -hmm. he said something like, uh, patriotism is the idea that your country is the best because you were born there, right? Because that's the only test that a country has to pass, right? Oh, I was born here, so this must be Mm -hmm. the greatest in the world. Mm -hmm. And I tell people all the time, guess what? Everybody thinks that their country is the best.
1: It's like a football team, you know?
0: exactly exactly you know your your town is the best your blah 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 you know your restaurants are the best your food your culture your music it's like whatever man right right it's just what people do it's not a big deal there is no
1: competition to measure the best so i don't know why we're obsessed Mm. with this to begin with you know don't get me wrong um i love america i've never been to america never been to the u.s but it's one of my dreams um You know, New York City, for example, I would love to go there. And, um, you know, uh, some other, even some other places like, like um, I have a friend that that lives um, um, close to to Texas. And sometimes he says, Oh, why don't you come and visit me? I said, Yeah, I would. I mean, I would love to. Uh, I I love, there are great things that I love about um, American culture. Uh, I would love to you know to see a Broadway play for example one day but there are things um, that that pay me like when I see people that um, just can't pay off their student loans for example uh, and I see it's a it's a big thing in America nowadays right um, they graduate and after years and years they still haven't been able to pay off their 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 debts um, um, so it
0: yeah, well, my in my main podcast, The Persistent Rumor, um we uh, we have discussed how college is a scam. Mm. It's one of the worst scams in America. Um, but, but do you mean that like in general that,
1: or in, in the USA?
0: Yeah, and I and and I'll tell you why. The the thing that you mentioned about having debt for years is the worst part of it, but right after that the second worst part of it is that 80% of people who graduate with a college degree do not go into the field that they got the degree in. So what was the point of all it's that? It's very sad. You know, you 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 ask a a teenager who normally when people talk about teenagers they talk about them like they're little morons, right? Like they don't know anything, they're not capable of anything, but you're asking that person to get into a very, very convoluted financial arrangement, mm. which you cannot write off, even if you go into bankruptcy, right? And you're and that person is likely going to be paying that loan off for the rest of their life. There are people that are collecting uh, their social security check who are still paying their college loan. Wow. Okay, that's insanity. Wow. Okay. So, it, it for, you know, and I'm not saying that college is never appropriate, mm-hmm. sure. but the way that people are trapped into right. college is a scam. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're given, you're you're basically promised the world and given nothing for all that time and money that you spent.
1: Right. 80% of the time. It's, it's nuts. It's nuts. You know, what scares me to death is that here in Brazil, I don't know if you know that, but we have um, a free educational system so we have a lot of uh, public universities that they they are what they are called they are public you don't have to pay for them sure you pay taxes Mm -hmm. right and taxes here in brazil are are high i'm not gonna lie to you but after you graduate you don't have anything else to pay so you you graduate you have your degree and and there you go you don't have like years and and decades of and decades of of debts you don't have that um yeah and what pains me is that politic politicians here in Brazil, um, they're trying to pass this image that the American educational system is the best and we have to copy their system. So we have a lot of Brazilians yeah, we have a lot of <laughs> Brazilians here thinking that our, our educational system should be paid, just like in the U.S. And this is like a huge, a big mistake um, because it's a trap.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it, it, and the only, by the way, the only reason that, that if that happens, the reason that it will happen is because a lot of people stand to make a lot of money off
1: that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's the only reason for that, to be honest.
0: Of course. Right? It, listen, there's so many things in America that happen that are completely uh, contradictory to the will of the American people. You know, like, you know, back in 2016, Hillary Clinton got 2.9 million more votes than Donnie dump. I don't, I don't call him by his actual name, but dump got 2.9 million fewer votes and somehow won. That is not adhering to the will of the people in national polls. When you ask people about Roe v. Wade and gun laws and same-sex marriages and all that stuff, most people agree on those things. And yet politicians are acting contrary to what people want because there's money. In right. That's, that's how America's always been set mm-hmm. up. It, it, all you have to do is follow the money and you'll, you'll know what they're going to do because you know what they've always done. Like literally n- nothing, nothing. That is happening in America now has not happened a hundred times before. This is all just, all you have to do is read history, which I have done, and it's all the same. Nothing new. Nothing's different. Nothing has changed. One of the forefathers, uh, James Madison, who who wrote the Constitution mm-hmm. that, that established America, he said that the role of the government is to protect the wealthy from the poor. Look
1: at that. Look at that.
0: Yeah. Okay. And, and it's, you know, this is not a conspiracy theory. It's literally it's, it's recorded written, in, the, right. in the Federalist Papers from the, from the Constitu- uh, Constitutional Convention of 1887, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's all right there. These people wrote and wrote and wrote volumes. And they were they were telling us from the beginning. They, they told us what they thought of black people. They told us what they thought of women. Nothing has changed. We just like to pretend that it's progressive and things are better, and it's like, yeah, on a, on a, on a grand scale, mm. there's never been a better time to be alive as a human being. That's that's just a yes, fact. You, yeah. There's there's all sorts of data points that you can talk to: war, famine, um, poverty, right. um, technology, yeah. education. Yeah. I mean, right, right. all the mm. way down the line, violence, all that mm. stuff. You, if you look at all those data points, it is absolutely beyond the shadow of a doubt that this is the best time to be alive mm-hmm. in world history however the struggles that people have day to day are all the same they've always been like think about the fact that the the magna carta was written in what 1200 or something like that so and and people were complaining about that stuff for hundreds of years before it was written the the english constitution was written in the like 900 something like these people have been complaining about inequality for literally, like, there's, um, there's this document, I think it's called the Cyrus Cylinder, and it's something like 5,000 years old. And it was talking about inequality <laughs> and human rights and things like that. Mm-hmm. So this is as old as, as mankind, yeah. you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it gave me a lot of things um, to think about. Uh, I mean, I've I've always wanted to go to the U.S., but sometimes I, you know, just I have this fear that I'll get there and I don't know they'll uh, I'll, I'll just go through racism or, or something like that. But yes, yeah. it's, it's come. But it's a it's a great country. I mean, um, uh, when I when I see it on the news and when I see when I see it in movies, I go like, oh, I, I would love to spend some time there. But there are just these things that. You know, like like the the, the uh, health the, the health system in America, for example, it's it's something that disastrous. Man, uh, w- when I read about you know some cases, I feel like wow. I mean, uh, t- take a look at Brazil, for example. We are not we we, cannot, we can't even compare it to America. We are like um, um, you know our economy is not that great, but like here in Brazil, uh, our um, health system is free. Like if you don't, if you can't afford mm-hmm. uh, health insurance, for example, and uh, you have um, like an emergency, you can just go to one of our um, um, public clinics and pu- public hospitals and, you know, y- there will be a doctor for you there in most cases. And most times there will be a doctor for you there. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, okay, so, oh, and by the way, and there are people here in Brazil, they're saying, okay, we have to to, to do away with those. Because in America that doesn't exist. So we're trying to copy that everything everything that doesn't yeah. work in America we're yeah, trying to copy. The them. Worst. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so So here's what I'll tell you, Dan. Um I mean, I believe that travel is a great thing. Mark Twain said that travel is to. the enemy of prejudice. Right. And so, you know, meeting different people is always interesting. Uh, getting, you know, like I, I, I've had an opportunity through this podcast to talk to people from all over the world and it's, you know, and on Facebook, same thing. You know, I have friends in Africa, I have friends in Australia, friends in London. This is great. You know, this is interesting. You know, I'm, I met you, you're in Brazil now, you know? So, you know, I, I find that to be a a beautiful thing. I, I, you know, I know that there are negative things that are associated with, um, the internet and all that stuff, and rightfully so, but those negative things were around before the internet was around, mm-hmm. okay? So the internet is just another avenue for these negative things that were always around to happen, right? But for me, the biggest positive, and, and I'm on Facebook every day, is being able to communicate with people literally all over the world. You know, and it's just a matter of, hey, what, what time is it where you are? What time is Isn't it where it I am? And we'll figure this is, this out when great. to meet, you know, you know, in Australia, they're 14 hours ahead. So I had to figure it's out, amazing. oh, OK, if I if I do it at this time, it's morning the next day at your time, you know. But, you know, hearing from people all over the world. What I've discovered. Is that everybody's the same. Hmm. Right. It doesn't matter right. what you sound like. It doesn't matter what yeah. what you eat, what music you yeah. listen to. At the end of the day, everybody wants to be loved. Everyone wants to take care of their family right. and their and their friends and other loved ones. And, you know, we just want to eat every day. We want to sleep comfortably mm-hmm. and we want to enjoy ourselves. Yes,
1: yes. You know, that's what everybody wants to do. Yeah, of course. So we have like different privileges, uh, different struggles, right? Yeah. Um, But yeah. like you said, at the end of the day, we're all the same. Uh, problem is when you have people that, uh, you know, just don't want that to happen. But you know, they'll... but this yeah,
0: is... and and that's and again, this is for whatever reason, humans developed a mentality of uh, fear, mm. right? Like religion is all about fear, right? Wow, um, yeah. guilt and shame and all these things, and. The irony is that we live in an abundant universe. Like, if we just look at the Earth, the Earth was designed to sustain every living creature that's on mm-hmm. it forever, mm-hmm. right? You, you, there, there's enough for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, the food literally grows out of the earth. It falls off of and trees. It's, and, it's, it's and everywhere. somehow
1: right. There are people and who are, somehow some yeah. people
0: went. Well, I'm gonna. I need to protect my food, so you, you have to worry about getting your food. You know, rather than everyone just saying, and I know, you know, we're talking Shangri-La and communism and all this stuff, and that's not what I'm no. referring to. I'm not saying that that's the right. answer. What I'm saying is that it's, it's ironic that amongst all this abundance, people are afraid that they're not going to mm-hmm. have enough. Yeah. And the things that people do as a result of that fear is what creates all the madness and sadness in the world right
1: right don't you think it's a little bit um, you know like strange to have a person who has almost almost a trillion dollars and and there are people who don't have like one cent two cents two dimes to rub together
0: yeah and and the thing is this is that um, anybody who gets that kind of wealth fine I have no problem with that, but I think that the, the the most useful thing to do is to acknowledge that it was the system around you that facilitated your ability to get that wealth. Right. And so, hey, buy all the yachts you want, go get shot into space all you want, although I think that's a huge waste, whatever. It's your money. Mm -hmm. Do whatever you want to do with it, but take a moment to acknowledge the system that made your wealth possible and give back. And if every billionaire did that, because literally like every problem in the world has a dollar figure associated Mm -hmm. with it, right? Like I've heard that hunger, for instance, uh, it could be cleared up for somewhere between 30 and $40 billion a year. There are individuals that could cut that check by themselves. So imagine if you gathered all the world's billionaires and said, hey, listen, congratulations. Good on you. You became a billionaire. All we're asking is that you give back a little bit to, to, the, to people that don't have what you have. You know, Because while you and I are having this lovely conversation, right now there's people going through garbage trying to find food. And that is... Endlessly sad to me, you know, and it and it's sad mostly because, A, of course, it's happening, but B, it doesn't have to happen. Right. These things are it's not necessary for people Mm -hmm. to live like this. You know, it makes me
1: relieved. So anyway, I I go on and on about this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But I feel relieved to know that you you think like that, because I think that people with that kind of mindset are becoming, you know, rarer and rarer. Um,
0: maybe I, I, I don't know how you would judge that um, I, I think like I said I, I'm a big believer that there's nothing new under the sun I really I, I've, I've read too much history and like, like I was curious uh, when the pandemic hit mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I you know we were in 2020 and I thought to myself I wonder what was happening 500 years ago in the year 1520 what was going on so i looked i went on wikipedia and history.com and a few other places and guess what all the same stuff was happening right right (laughs) there were wars there was you know there was famine there were wealthy people Mm. there were kingdoms there were there were you know different political systems People were arguing about the same thing. In in nineteen eighteen, when when the Spanish flu hit. You know, people were against masks then too. Right. Some people were arrested for right. not wearing masks yes, during yes, that
1: time. Yes, exactly. Right?
0: Mm-hmm. So, you know, you'd think, oh yeah, humans, we evolve. <laughs> really? Show me where. Yeah, this is this is sad, right? <laughs> this is this is very sad. <laughs> well, it it's it's only sad. The only time I make myself sad is if I make myself believe that it shouldn't be the way it is. Mm. I think it would be nice if it were a different mm. way, but I also believe that anything that is should be that. Mm-hmm. You know, like anything that happens should happen. Right. You know, I don't I'm not I don't get caught up in should and shouldn't because that that gets me frustrated very quick. Right. You know, like to say Jeff Bezos shouldn't spend his money on getting shot into space, that's that's not a valid thing to mm-hmm. say. You know, he, he spent his money getting shot into space, so it should have happened. You know, um, I just think that it's sad that there are solutions, but there's not enough empathy to carry out those solutions. Right. That, that's the thing that frustrates mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. You know, but everything, you know, it, it's the same as it ever was. That, that's a line from a song from the 80s, but I, I always remember it, same as it ever was. Right. You know, that's, that's, that's what the world is. It's, it's wash, rinse, repeat. And then, you know, guys like me, I'm, I'm turning 58 and, um, you know, I've learned some things. I've made tons of mistakes. I've, I've evaluated my life. I've made some distinctions and now nobody cares what I think, <laughs> you know? Uh, so it's, and that's the cycle of humanity. You know, the, the people grow and learn And then when they get old enough to share all their wisdom, people go, yeah, we don't want to hear from you, you're old.
1: (laughs) This is sad. Oh my goodness.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we don't want to hear from young people because they're stupid. We don't want to hear from old people because they're old. Hence
1: the cycle. I don't know who we want to hear from. Hence the cycle, right? And and that's why you said like, we we don't ever evolve because there you go. There's no room for, right? Um,
0: It's the same stuff it's always been. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, interesting that this started off with a conversation about accents, right?
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but I think it's all related, you know, because when we hear people saying, hey, I'm going to teach you the real English with a real native, uh, with, uh, you know, lose your accent. We don't want to hear your accent. Just uh, come to our side. It's, um, It's a little strange, isn't it?
0: Yeah. As a matter of fact, you, you actually just reminded me of something. Some people think that I sound like I sound on purpose, mm. that I worked to get rid of my Spanish accent so I could sound, quote unquote, this white. This is screwed up.
1: Absolutely Do, not Do you know true. why this is screwed Absolutely up? Because if you were a white person, they would not say that. They would not say, hey, you're trying too much. Of course not. You're trying too much. Because you're brown skinned. They are like, okay, so you're trying to, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, well, one of the one of the most consistently racist things that I heard growing up was, um, wh- wh- how do they word it? Um, oh, you're you're well spoken. What that's that's a white person's way of saying I'm surprised you don't sound like an ignorant black person. Oh man. Yeah, they don't how mean to be insulting, right. but it is an right. insult. You're well spoken as compared to who? I don't hear you ever saying that to another white person. Mm. Why are you saying it to exactly. me?
1: Exactly. This you is know? so weird.
0: So yeah, I, I, I sound like I sound just because I sound like this. This has, I, it, Literally, I never gave one second of thought to how I sound. I, I think about what I say, especially since I've been a professional communicator since I was 20 years old. It shows. You know, I've been, it shows. I, I was in sales well for 36 years and now I'm podcasting. Yes, I'm, I'm a communicator. So I think about what I want to say and what impact I want to have. But I've never thought about what I sound like mm-hmm. ever,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, but um, you know, yeah, like some people they're they don't mean uh to be you know um racist or or uh they don't mean to hurt you, but like like I was saying, I don't remember if I don't know if you remember that, but at the at the beginning of the podcast of of this episode, I said, um, some people don't have the intention, they are unaware of a lot of things, but mm-hmm. um. But but some of the things they say, they're, they're hurtful anyways, with or without intentions, yeah. right? Yeah, they're, they're
0: hurtful or they're insulting. And yes. and the, the thing is, is that I focus on intent. When people say you're well-spoken, they're not trying to be mean. They're not trying to insult me. Uh, they just, you know, they live in a country where racism is like air. Right. It, it it just is in you. Mm. you. It's all around you, and it and it gets in you, and you're not aware right. of it. Yes, exactly. You know? Like nobody sits around thinking, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe. like it's and, just and, and you know,
1: it's just it's it just is. And you know, if, right? if you ask, so if you ask those people, hey, are you a racist? They will say, no, I'm not. They'll say no.
0: Yeah, I've never met a racist that thought he was exactly. a racist. Exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Um, but you know, um, this is actually a very good point because, uh, I don't know if you do that. And I don't know if you know people who do that, but here in Brazil, of course that we have different social problems. Like, so Brazilian problems are different from American problems. Um, um, but what I'm saying is, I don't know if you know anybody who thinks that way, but in here, when people ask me, Dan, are you sexist? Are you racist? I know that this is gonna uh, sound a little bit strange to hear, but I say yes, I am. Yes, I am. Why? Because I grew. I grew up in a society that is screwed up. So how how mm-hmm. can you expect me to be perfect? To be the odd one out? So what what I try and, and try to educate people is that first off, you need to acknowledge the problem and then you work on it because if you spend your whole life saying no i'm not i'm not racist i'm not sexist i'm not homophobic i'm, I'm just perfect then um you're gonna spend the rest of your life right. uh being a racist a sexist and a homophobic <laughs> person so yeah yeah i mean that's yeah. the step one. yeah
0: no that that's a fair point um i i think for me um I, i'm confident in, in saying I'm I'm not certain things only because that's part of my rebellion against society. Like I see what society mm. is. And in my opinion, American society is very dysfunctional and I I've since 1987. So this, this year makes 35 years that I've been doing this. Uh, I have been working on self-development. Right. You know, right. And so I've paid attention to what goes on around right. me. I've paid attention. And look, and and I could say I've been working on self-development for 135 years. It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't mean that I was perfect. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I am under no delusion that I'm exactly. perfect. I am basically a talking monkey, and I'm happy <laughs> to be one. Okay? And I'm okay with that. Okay? But I am aware of the dysfunctions of, and not just America. This is worldwide. You know, because... Honestly, I bet you if you told me the top five or top ten problems that you have in Brazil, they would be the top five and top ten problems that everybody has all over the world. And and most of it just comes from greed. Greedy people want to exploit uh, other people for their own greed and their own wealth and all that other stuff. You know, like, for instance, one of the big issues in Brazil is the rainforest, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got you, you've got a, a corrupt government oh, so many. Uh, working so with many corrupt business people. Issues. You know, I mean, the rainforest is one of the most vital aspects of life exactly. on Earth. Ninety-eight percent of the pharmaceuticals come from the rainforest. Mm-hmm. So, for people to be burning it down mm-hmm. for money is disgusting. disgusting. But that's what it is. It's money. You know the details of their greed might be different, but the foundation of their greed is the same.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyway, in the uh, couple minutes we have left, and by the way, uh, fantastic speaking with you. I, I really thoroughly enjoyed minute. this. As, as uh, thank you so much. As soon as I heard the the name of your podcast, I was I was just like, oh, that's an interesting idea. Oh, I want to hear more. So I I I, I caught. Uh, a couple of episodes that you put up, I think the intro and the one Mm -hmm. other uh, interview that you had about finances. So please tell everybody where they can find you and your podcast,
1: right? Yes, you can find me on um, Spotify, and also on Apple podcasts. It's called It's Okay to Have an Accent. And um, I'm also on Instagram um, at It's Okay to Have an Accent. And there you go.
0: Fantastic. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Continued success with teaching people uh, English as a second language. Uh, It's a confusing (laughs) language, so I know it's hard to (laughs) teach. I am honored to be here, (laughs) Yoda. Thank you very much. (laughs) All right. Pleasure speaking with you. And everybody, peace, love, and granola. We'll talk to you soon. (laughs) Hi folks, this is Chocolate Yoda. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, you can get uncensored content at patreon.com slash thepersistentrumor. Or you can go to YouTube for the censored stuff at youtube.com slash thepersistentrumor. Thanks. Talk to you soon.